Navigating the complexities of hair growth and loss can be both concerning and deeply personal. So what steps should you take? Millions are affected by hair and scalp changes every day. In a society where our appearance can make or break even one day, where should you turn for informative, honest, science-based information? Kimberly Vaughn's goal for this podcast is to offer informative content with the help of subject matter experts, along with individuals just like you. As our holiday gift to you, our audience, we've decided to share our favorite clips from 2023. Welcome to Hair Loss, Restore Roots and Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Vaughn, and here we go. So explain a little bit about what andropause means. I know, yes, I said andropause. Get ready. So andropause is oftentimes referred to as the male version of menopause. Mm, so they now have a name for it. They, they do. Andropause is defined as a decline in the androgen hormone testosterone. Mm-hmm. Androgen hormone testosterone. What does that mean? Um, there are hormones that initiate puberty. Men and women both have them. The most popular of these androgen hormones is is called testosterone. What are the symptoms? I mean, you, you said a moment ago, right? Hair loss comes and goes, comes and goes for women as well as for men. But is there a time in someone's life when they see that this testosterone level changes? If you have too high of testosterone, you could lose hair. So there is a sweet spot that we, we all need to stay in to, to keep um, our hair from falling out. So symptoms to look for are mood swings, irritability, um, feeling tired all the time. And then when you try to sleep, you can't. So perhaps you're having difficulty sleeping or insomnia. And also it's important to note that just having one day of irritability and mood swings does not diagnose andropause. We are talking about um, prolonged, unrelenting symptoms. Okay. The mood swings, the irritability, loss of muscle mass. Um, Some will even say uh, low sex drive or erectile dysfunction are also characteristic of andropause. One of the times where we see younger men that come into the clinic is many times when they're either going from a major transition, right? Playing a major sport, so a lot of stress on the body, a lot of stress on the mind. Uh, Moving from high school into college. So uh, an attorney that is trying to get through law school and take their bars. All of this stress, from a female's perspective, it really can affect what's going on with our hormones, right? And testosterone is a hormone. Yes, the stress will definitely lower testosterone levels, and then it, it's a catalyst. So if you're not, if you're stressed, then you're not going to sleep. Well, if you don't sleep, then your testosterone lowers. At HPI Hair Partners, we talk a lot about this to our clients and to our men, just about, you know, hey, if your testosterone levels are a little bit lower after trichology labs are run or alopecia diagnostic testing is performed, and if someone doesn't want to take any type of medication, because we know that, as you said earlier, 
too high testosterone is certainly taking us down the path of hair loss. So it's only compounding on a situation that we're trying to correct. But getting to the gym is important, right? Because lifting weights, what about running and just walking and cardiovascular work? Does that help build our testosterone as well? It's more of the resistance training, weight training. Okay. Is what will improve testosterone levels. Okay. So what should someone do? Yes, um, definitely labs. I I will always go to the clinical side and say that um, you need to have your labs drawn and not just a testosterone level. Get a DHT level, estrogen level, DHEA. Yes. Follicle stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone. Get a whole hormone panel drawn to see where you stand. There are also some natural supplements Okay, that individuals can take. Um, Salt palmetto is a very popular one. Um, vitamin D and zinc are also um, natural testosterone boosters. And then two amino acids, aspartic acid and ornithine, are two amino acids that will naturally increase one's testosterone. Let's see. Vitamin D, we know we can get in a supplement form, but, you know, men sometimes, because we have a good history of this, that it's hard for them to remember to take supplements, right? The vitamin D certainly is a supplement, also can be found in getting enough natural sunlight. Then tell me about, and then the zinc, certainly, we love liquid zinc compounds um, that we use in the clinic just because it really helps the actual supplement get into the bloodstream much faster. Well, and I personally take zinc, and I mean, it makes such a big difference in how I feel throughout the day. So it, it is a big proponent of helping balance that testosterone. Then tell me about those two amino acids. Say those again for the listener. Aspartic acid okay, and ornithine. I was introduced to those about a year ago when I started working out a little more, taking my own health into consideration. And I couldn't, I, I plateaued um, on my workouts. Okay. I, was having, I was making gains and then I about three months later, I plateaued and a trainer uh, encouraged me to get on aspartic acid and ornithine and it helped give me that little push to get past, um, to get past my plateau. And so I, it made me research it a little more. Sure. And then that's when I found out that it was a bit of a testosterone boost. That's right. And so for anyone that's experiencing any form of hair loss whatsoever, amino acids just are the key and they are the building blocks, right, to build up those cells to help uh, combat any form of genetic hair loss, any form of stress-induced telogen effluvium, aggressive shedding. If a male is starting to feel tired or feel fatigued, and certainly they're starting to lose hair, what is, I mean, what do you recommend is, it is, are their next steps then to move forward to try to understand? I know you said the labs are great, but, you know, what if they had their labs drawn a year ago or six months ago and their general practitioner said to them, oh, your your labs are all good. You know, we would only get in touch with you if something's out of line, right? Yes. And do you... You have to be your own advocate mm -hmm. for your own health. And if you know something's wrong, you know you don't feel good, but your lab work still looks good, then it's incumbent upon you to take the next step. So maybe that looks like analyzing your diet 
what are you eating? Fatty foods, alcohol, those will decrease your testosterone level. Um, how often do you go to the gym? What does your workout look like? Maybe change up your workout. Maybe cardio mixed with weight training. Sure. Are you on any supplements? What kind of supplements? Are you absorbing your supplements? There's there's a lot to dig into uh, beyond the lab work. Well, and boy, you touched on a key of the absorption, right? Is so important. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, at HPI Hair Partners, we started utilizing a, an epigenetic test. Uh, gosh, it's been what, maybe three years ago? Yes. Mm-hmm. That really um, helps us understand gut health, uh, the environment, and really what's happening with an individual's body. And so, testing of that sort certainly doesn't have to be from us, but it can be anywhere. But epigenetics is really important in understanding is your body absorbing what's being what it's being given. given. Yeah. The other key is, is that so many times, you know, I joke about lotions and potions, right, that cure hair loss. But at the same time, there's just as many pills. And the other thing is, is that so many of them are hard caplets, right? So, when individuals take these caplets, you know, there's so many studies that prove that they don't break down and get to the bloodstream ever. They just, just pass on through. Big gut load, right? And then it has to go somewhere. As Thais, you said, so nicely said, just pass on through. But it never gets into your system. So you have to do something, right? So it's really important for individuals, uh, men especially, who we're addressing and talking to today, to really focus on what's going on with these testosterone levels to see if andropause could be, in effect, a driver behind their hair loss. And we always like to send our listener and audience away with um, three steps, maybe. So if they're listening today, what would the three steps be? And they don't have to be in any order um, to help them really kind of take the next step to see or to test or to understand or to be their own advocate of trying to get to the next place to understand if andropause or low or high testosterone are their issues. Um, well, if you don't have a primary care provider or functional medicine doctor, um, please find one. Always uh, lab work. I'm always going to go back to the clinical data. Um, that's my background. So lab work first. Um, have a, a men's wellness exam, which could look like um, uh, checking your prostate, colon, heart health, blood pressure. So definitely get established with um, a doctor and have lab work drawn. Then the next step would be consider your diet and exercise. For sure. So we're going to kick it off today with our first topic starting hormones and hormone imbalance and how that affects specifically women, right? And what happens as we age and how does all of this impact our hair? We have a wonderful guest. We're with Dr. Ellington today, and she is the founding partner of the women's group of Franklin, located in Tennessee. She's been in the industry and running her clinic since 1996. She graduated with honors at Vanderbilt and then moved on to her residency in the best state in the world, Kentucky. 
Well, hormones, as women very much know, kind of run their lives from puberty through menopause. So my job as an OBGYN is to help them navigate those waters and get through those different stages when their hormones have what I call hormonal hiccups or imbalances, whether it just be a short term thing or something that's more longstanding, like the lifelong change of menopause. And we know because there's so many effects on the hair and our scalp and our bodies, right? I mean, our cells. So at the end of the day, that still is our hair, skin, and our nails. But it changes throughout the entire course of our lives as women. I mean, when we first start and become into female womanhood, right? And then all the way until we are aging, The progression that you see across those areas must come with differing symptoms, right? Well, hormones are extremely complex. And to be honest, we still don't understand everything about them. But when uh, whatever magically turns on puberty happens, your hormones start going in different cycles. And it's not usually just the presence or absence of the hormone. It's how do they relate to each other and how do the cycles go that can influence what effect they have on your body. So we have people that start into puberty and their periods are normal right away. And then we have other people that their periods are just, they never know when they're coming. But along with those things, sometimes come other hormonal imbalances, such as polycystic ovarian syndrome. People have difficulty with that. Sometimes It's just complete chaos and they need help and we help regulate that. And that's so important. I mean, all the way from, as you said, you know, from early stages through womanhood, through being pregnant to then post-pregnancy. And sadly, we see hair loss in our clinic from aging from 12, 13 years old. We have a, a new client this week who's 89. And now certainly maybe her hormones aren't impacting her hair loss as much as some other factors in her body. So from an OBGYN perspective, of course, the period is the big marker of how balanced are your female hormones. Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's other things going on, even if the female balance. Hormones are balanced. Of course, hair is one of them. Excessive hair growth, not enough hair growth, hair falling out. Um, And then there's other metabolic things like digestion can speed up or slow down or just many other effects on the body. When we're starting to see these symptoms and experience these, what do we do? I mean, what should our, our listeners and our audience kind of go in the direction of? Is it having more blood work? Is it seeing a specialty type of a gynecologist or an OB? Number one, really track your symptoms. Sometimes it's hard retrospectively to know really what was going on. So as soon as you think something may be going on, start tracking the symptoms. Keep a calendar. There's apps for that. And then do seek out some professional help. You know, in the case of OBGYN, usually they'll start with their periods, but then we'll discover upon talking to them, many other things are out of balance. Very often, yes, blood work is helpful to dig deeper and see, well, what exactly is out of balance here? And that helps us to decide how do we get it back into balance. Well, and I know just from, you know, sitting on the hair loss side, we talk to so many women that come in that will say, oh, you know, my gynecologist doesn't want to run labs because 
the labs aren't going to be accurate depending upon my cycle. Then we'll have others that will say, oh, no, it's just part of growing up or it's part of growing old. You can't win. I mean, you're either growing up or you're getting flipping old, you know? (laughs) So I think that's the other issue is that if that is the case and we've been with our gynecologist or for a long time, you know, it's hard. We trust you guys. (laughs) And so to have someone come back and say, oh, you know, it's just this, when that really isn't the answer that we're looking for, what do we do? Well, be an advocate for yourself. Speak up. Say, I'd really like you to check these things. Make sure you get a good explanation from your healthcare provider of why they think you should have certain tests or why they think you shouldn't have certain tests. Mm-hmm. And just keep asking the questions so you get your answers. And when I know we send very differing cases to you, and I know that a lot of your practitioners really focus in different areas, which is nice, right? I mean, we think of Western medicine, and we think of everything being in a box, right? So it's black or white in a box, but it really seems like your group sets out on a different path and really listens and tries to understand what's going on. Yes. Boy, that's a whole other issue, right? Is that what's happening with healthcare systems, good, bad, and indifferent. I mean, but we're all in different seasons of our life on on how we're being insured or not insured. So that is definitely complex. So then let's see. You know, we've, I, I'm old school, so I always have to bring my notes to keep us on track. But a couple of the things that we've talked about, you know, at the end, you've given some great information, but treatment wise. So if our hormones are out of balance, and let's just say that that's proven either through labs or because we've been documenting our symptoms and our symptoms are reoccurring and persistent. What types of treatments are there on the market? Certainly that can be prescribed or either that are natural treatments as well. Yes. In the premenopausal era, very often rely on birth control pills because what they do is actually shut down your own hormones, say, shut up, we got this, we're going to take over. And then we give you the hormones back in a way that actually balances things out better. And I wish I had some sort of test I could do to say, here's going to be the perfect match for patient A and another different match for patient B. But honestly, some of that is trial and error. Other medications we would use would be thyroid medications. We also have medications that can suppress excessive testosterone production if that's messing with their excessive hair growth on Mm -hmm. their face or less hair growth on their head. Naturally, there are some supplements out there, but the, the best thing is to have a good overall vitamin balance and, you know, a healthy lifestyle and being at the ideal weight. Right. Yes, yes. Well, and those are, that's, You know, really, in a nutshell, where we start trying to understand when clients come to us from our limited scope, you know, of just focusing on the hair and the scalp is trying to understand what is going on in someone's body from thyroid to hormone to metabolic state. How is their weight? How is their stress? You know, and all of those 
factors that we deal with and live in every day affect certainly what's going on with our hair, skin, and our nails. And many times our hair is what we see first, right? I mean, it's easy to cover up your nails. It's easy to buy more expensive skincare, but we can't always cover and hide our hair loss or our excessive hair growth. And, you know, you touched on this in the early, in our discussion about PCOS and It's such a challenging situation for women, and I don't think some women realize that that could be a diagnosis because sometimes I think they feel that, oh, they're just getting older, so I'm getting a little hair on my chin, or it seems to be getting worse. Well, there's probably a reason for that, right? Yes. I know. So it's great that you all really focus in on on that area. It really is helpful. So- Closing out today, you've given us so many great tips and the listeners some really good ways to focus and to try to advocate for yourself, as you mentioned, and really step up, you know, and and be the voice for you. Well, when it comes to hair growth, especially just being in a good vitamin balance. So most people in this day and age don't get the natural vitamins they need. Mm -hmm. So I always say start with a multivitamin, just make sure you cover up most of the vitamins and then Again, see your healthcare provider, see if there's any other things that need to be checked, like your thyroid or other hormones, to make sure you're not just kind of what I call treading water and not really going to get anywhere. You're just kind of keeping your keep yourself from getting worse, possibly, um, but to really improve things and make sure we get to the root of the problem so it doesn't continue to progress. Again, seeking that medical advice and trying to get to the core of the problem. Oh, great advice. Thank you so much. So I hope you've learned a few things today. Well, we're excited to jump in. We have a big show and we're talking about testosterone and the effects of what testosterone does and how it plays a key role in our hair loss and also our overall health. So tell us about it. Well, testosterone is a growth hormone. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's what the term um, uh, androgenic is. Androgenic is testosterone, and and you have catabolic hormones and you have anabolic hormones. And anabolic hormones are those hormones that stimulate growth. So the hair needs to be stimulated to grow. But like um, all hormones, too much of a good thing, or if it's not properly balanced, um, can be detrimental. Uh, we also have to talk about the receptor. We can talk about that in a few minutes. Um, it's not simply the level of testosterone testosterone that makes a difference. It's really um, how that is interacting in the body with the receptor. It does you no good to have a lot of testosterone if your receptor is not responding. So then with just narrowing in to talking about those receptors and the androgen receptors Mm -hmm. and the hair follicle. So how is that testosterone really making a difference? Because, you know, we talk about, you know, the common word DHT, right? Mm -hmm. Dehydrotestosterone. So there's a lot to unpack here. And just for men, how does this really function and how, how, what, what, what do men do to really make a difference in this? Well, you know, you know that uh, testosterone, when it's elevated in women, will cause hair growth. So it does the same thing in men. Now, DHT, dihydrotestosterone, is a metabolite of testosterone that's about three to five times more potent at the receptor. Mm -hmm. Um, But DHT has also been implicated in male pattern baldness as well as hair loss in women and in prostate enlargement. 
um, the um, the amount of DHT in the blood doesn't necessarily correlate with some of those things. So it's more than just having DHT in the blood. Um, that DHT has to be converted in the hair follicle from testosterone. And there's an enzyme that does that conversion. And that enzyme is under genetic control. So just because you have a high level of DHT, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to lose hair. As we get older, our hair follicles become less sensitive and we tend to thin our hair. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you that when I look back at my medical school graduation, I had a very different head of hair, but I still have a pretty good head of hair. Right. Okay? And it really has to do with the genetic activity of that enzyme, and that varies from, from patient to patient. And the enzyme that you're speaking of specifically is 5-alpha reductase. That's correct. Yes. So I think, you know, that enzyme has really gained popularity over the last few years just because of the FDA clearing um, the new alopecia areata mm -hmm. drug, um, which is an autoimmune form of hair loss. So when we think about that and we know from at least all of um, the information that's on the World Wide Web about 5-alpha reductase medications lowering the immune system or causing effects to the body, how does that, if we're, if we're supporting it or we're trying to help and boost or either downplay the 5-alpha reductase 5, depending upon where that enzyme is in its development, how does that make a difference then for genetic men's thinning? I mean, could that medication be used for someone such as a 25-year-old that is just having genetic hair loss? Yes. Now, the thing is that um, you know that the hair loss in men is linked to the mother's side of the family. So for guys, you want to look at your maternal grandfather, and that'll give you an idea of what your hair might look like when you get older. I hope you enjoyed this special edition of Hair Loss Restore Roots and Confidence. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you tuned in. Please join us for our next episode, which will be dropping real soon. And as for always, make it a great hair day and a wonderful holiday season. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. We hope you've gained valuable insights into the world of hair care and restoration. If you found this episode enlightening, don't forget to drop us a review over on Apple Podcasts. If you're eager to delve deeper into how HPI Hair Partners can cater to your hair needs, why wait? Connect with us today at hpihairpartners.com and make sure you never miss an episode by hitting that subscribe button. Tune in every week for fresh and enlightening updates. Until then, here's to healthier hair and boosted confidence.